0: Chapter 2, and we're just reading from verse 17 to the end of the chapter. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through Him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household Lord God, we come before you this morning and we have come to worship you. And we've done that with song, with our hearts and offering before you. But as we look at your word, we also want to worship you by giving our very lives and what you ask of us by recognizing this. And today, Lord, for some, maybe the message is not directly where they are at. They're already. A place they belong. But may it serve as a reminder to be passed on to others. That we would be equipped in hearing this. But for some today, Lord, may they be encouraged in hearing this to find that place that you've made for them to find you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall upon us, you'd help me to speak your words, but beyond that, way beyond that, that you would help us to hear your words. We thank you for that in your name. We pray. Amen. Amen. We appreciate those who are here or come. Uh, as guests this morning. You are here. Let's find out exactly where you are. When you think about you are here, we zoom in and and uh, I didn't put enough, I know, but you could put all these little dots, uh, little things. Uh, I don't think you can really read it, but each of those little things says, you are here, you are here, you are here. All right. You, we've seen these kind of things before and they could just be plastered all over there about how you are here. If we zoom in a little closer Well, what we're doing is we're looking for a place to belong. You know, there's a sense that since 1985, where are we at? Since 1985, Americans with no close friends has tripled. The number of Americans with no close friends has tripled. Where are we at? The average American would say that they've got maybe two, if two, people they feel like they can actually really talk to. Even though we're more connected, so to speak, through Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, etc., even though we got more of these things and more information going out between people, 75% of Americans admit to feeling a deep sense of loneliness. And many feel like this lone bird up there. I was like, you not use his deodorant or what? I don't know, you know. And uh, sometimes we end up feeling like that. It's like, all right, there is the, there is a flock. There are some people here or there, but for some reason I'm just not connected. I don't seem to have that place where I I belong. And see, the thing is, God made us to belong. He created us to connect with one another from the very beginning. At the very beginning in Genesis, think about it. It's not good for man to be alone. And he created another human being. And that's not just about marriage, because Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 7 for some of you, it is better to not be married, but to be single. So it wasn't about marriage, it was about connecting with another human. It was about a belonging, it was about a togetherness that God created from the very beginning. His plan was not for isolation. His plan was not loneliness. That never came from God. What that, who that came from was Satan, who from the very beginning drove a wedge, not only between Adam and Eve's relationship, but from the very beginning, Satan drove a wedge and sought to separate the relationship between Adam and God. We lost that place to belong. And so, still today, where are we? You know, we're scattered all over. We look at, as we get down, and again, it, it, this goes out. This is just, you know, you are here, but it could be all number of places all over the place. We're scattered, disconnected here and there and here and there. But God didn't make us just for that. He made us with his need to belong. And He didn't stop just with the need to belong within us. God fulfilled that. God made a place for us to belong That place where we belong is here. You belong here. God made the place for us to belong called the church. Ephesians chapter 2 here in verse 21. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. He's not talking about an actual physical building. He's talking about the building that is the church that is us. Being built together to become a holy temple in the Lord. In verse 22, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God made us a place where we belong. God's family. Church is not man's idea. Some people try to say, that's just a man-made idea. It was never a man-made idea. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, it says that Jesus' blood was shed for the church. Not just that, Jesus bought the church with his own blood. Not he paid just for your sin and my sin, not just he bought you and redeemed you, but it says he bought the church with his own blood. In Ephesians chapter 5, we read, the church is the bride, the wife, Of Christ. The church is not some add on, some extra, something you can throw in with what Christianity is about or even what God is about. It's the very wife, the very bride that He has given to us to connect us one to another. You, He has that place for you to belong. He wants us to belong, and in doing so, to get connected to the place, to the family, so to speak, on earth right here, a place to belong, a place to be loved, a place of refuge, uh, a, a place where there is an open door, so to speak. But the reality is, oftentimes, in some churches, after you crawl through the barbed wire and you swim through the moat with Christian alligators, you know, those are the ones that pray before they eat, Um, after you swim through the moat and you get up to the door of the church you're finally there at the door, and you think you've arrived. You've made it, and you can you can enter in to this place, maybe where I could belong. This place says you get up to the door. Somebody says, "Would you step over here, please?" You must be this spiritual to enter. Okay, you know it's kind of like there's signs on the doors. Uh, it it maybe not literally, but there's this old kind of sense. Uh, you. In fact, there are churches that even brag about, you know what? You know, we really pride ourselves in you. I mean, we are the most spiritual church in town. They might be. Unfortunately, they're not the most Christ like church in town. And that's the problem. What God wants to do and how he does it, you know, there's that sense that. What really happens in some churches, and that door is not open and it's not a place to belong. I know that it happens, and part of that is because it's less to do with something that's spiritual and more to do with something that is cultural a cultural kind of churchianity that adjusts the heights corresponding with, with how tall. Now, technically, you know, if I was, I just can't do it with this thing. Technically, the way you would do this is you've got to adjust this so that it's my height. To get in, to get in the door, to be and belong, you got to be right at my size, right the way I am, what I like, the way I am, I am. Uh, you know, for example, you need to look like us, dress like us. I know it's hard to believe that still happens today, but yes, that is still happens today. Wasn't that long ago? There was a, a church. I knew that somebody came in and maybe wasn't dressed. I mean, there's nobody here. It would have been. It, it could be anything. Like somebody today, maybe even me. I don't know. They walk in and say uh, somebody was met in the lobby with the comment, um, "You know, we don't dress like that here." That's not how we look. In fact, this church used to keep in the closet some ties and jackets for men. You know, trying to help out. We're loving, right? But we can say, you know, the way it has to be if you're going to come to this church, you've got to dress like me. I mean, think about it. you got to have the untucked shirt. Because I want to tell you, this week I went to a, a discipleship conference down in North Carolina and almost every guy... Had an untucked shirt. In fact, many of the speakers, big name speakers, you would know, they had their shirt untucked. That is the way to dress if you're that, I'm telling you, that is the way you should dress if your belly is too big to have your shirt tucked in. That is the way you should dress. I mean, we're gonna joke about it, but people think about all these things. you got to be like us. You notice that. Here, it doesn't matter, casual or formal. You come in with a full suit, that's great. If you don't, that's great. It's not about that. It's not about whether you've got body art or body aren't. None of that matters. It's not what you look like. Especially not what you look like. In any way, should we ever be thinking that? It's never been about that for God's people who come from every tribe and every nation and every language. You know, it is going to look so different in heaven compared to the way it looks in some churches. It's not about how we act like one another whether we talk like one another in fact the expectation that god our father has is that we would as his children just be more like our big brother jesus if we're going to talk about who we need to act like talk like be like it's jesus We can have diversity and unity. Uh, We can make people, we don't want to make people feel like they're, they're on the outside looking in. I mean, sometimes it's kind of like, well, I'm apart. Are you apart? You're seeing everything. You're apart there. But really, there's that sense of this glass wall that stands between you and others, even within a church or the place that you should belong, belong on the inside. There should be no outsiders in God's love in any sense of the word. And and it's not about what are our preferences. You don't have to be this spiritual in the kind of music that we're going to have or that we sing or listen to. It's not about that. It's not about uh, where you live and what kind of house you live or, or even if you live in a house. It's not about any of that. It's not about what school when you go to Oil City or Franklin or Seneca or a Christian school or you're homeschooled. None of that matters. It doesn't doesn't matter what kind of sports team you're for. We allow Browns fans in here, especially now, right? You guys, you guys can start coming out of the closet. Uh, None of that. Those are all just preferences. There are just preferences in our life that have nothing to do with the actual truth. Church is a place for us as a family to connect. And not be distracted with those things that divide us that are not the absolutes of God's word. Which means it's not about our traditions. It can never be about our traditions. And it will never be about our traditions. It will be about the truth. I've said that to the guys when I interviewed, said that at the last church, and that didn't always go well uh, at times. But when God's truth contradicts the church's tradition, we're going to have a problem. That truth must always win out. We need to recognize what are our preferences, even what might be certain convictions we have and where we differ. Those convictions are still not absolutes. You know, it, it doesn't matter which political aisle you are on. None of that should come into play. It's not about which side are you on. It's a question is, are you on the Lord's side? Are you or are you not? It's not about something you got to do to fit in. We're already bit fitted in. When we come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior and we have the Holy Spirit that unites us not only one with another but puts us within the body, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, the body is made up of different parts. Sometimes they say, well, I'm here, I'm at a church, but I just feel different than others. I don't feel like I'm the same. Guess what? That's the way God created a body to be. Not Are all an eye? No, they're not supposed to all be eyes. It would be like an ugly body. You know, it wouldn't really work. We're supposed to be different from one another. That's the way God created us. And it says that God as well placed us, put us in a specific place, put us in a place within the body, whether it's here or here or there or there. God himself, not you choose, not you get it, but he puts you in a place that you belong within a body. And for us to grab a hold of it has always been his plan. It's not about how spiritual you are. Uh, We shouldn't be excluded no matter where you're at in your faith journey. You might be someone who's just seeking and just searching and kind of trying to understand. You may be somebody that's doubting uh, and, and has doubts about this and that, about the whole thing. You might be somebody here that just barely started the journey or someone who's traveled miles and miles down the Christian road. No matter who you are, you belong here. God loves you and so do we. And God wants His best for you. And so do we. Which means we want to help. We don't want to just say, hey, we want God's best for you. Hey, I'm wishing the best for you. No, we want to help and come alongside. To help God's best to be brought about in your life. You know, verse 19 talks about consequently you are no longer strangers and aliens. But fellow citizens with God's people members of his household of his family that is what he's done no longer strangers the church isn't a place for those who have it all together it's a place for a family to get together with open arms understanding that's this whole open arm policy when we talk about this we just need to have open arms to one another but let's deal with real life eventually, this whole open arm thing gets a little smelly. You know? It's kind of the way it works. You get close enough to somebody, those old arm and arms just start smelling, you know, this morning, you know, what's going on with your life? But that's okay. That's what love is about. I know some people say, I don't know about going to church I don't feel like it's a place I could fit, not, not so much because yeah but it's just my life right now. I feel like a phony, I feel like a fake. Uh, my life is a mess. Have you read the stories of the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament through on I talk about life being a mess, and they are the ones in, uh, in Hebrews talked about the whole hall of faith and who they are? Life is a mess? I would guess, and I've been here just long enough to know probably most, most have things in their life that are a mess that are here. There's just things here and there, big and small, but we're all a mess. And we were never meant to get it all together uh, to get it all together somehow before we can be connected to his family on the earth. We're struggling, in our, maybe you're struggling in your own family Struggling in your marriage Struggling in your, with your children Struggling with finances Or just some need to be free in a certain area From an addiction you're struggling with Maybe struggling with just hurts That are overwhelming or, or it's a health struggle Or loss of a loved one Maybe just loss of love The fact that you're not perfect Means you are a perfect fit And a place to belong Right here Because neither are we Now, it bothers some people sometimes when you talk, when a church says, you know, wait, we're not perfect. Although you wonder why it would bother some people because we always hear about how Christians are hypocrites. Right? I think that's pretty much the definition of not being perfect. You know, is people who... Say they're trying, and I know we're talking about those who are we're trying to do the right thing. We want to do the right thing, but we don't. We mess up. We're not always consistent in that. We know that's not right. We're not perfect, but we want to be on this journey to continue to become more and more like Jesus. You know, A. W. Tozer, uh, part of the twenty hours. practically I was in the car. I got to listen to some of Tozer's book. I was listening to one of his books, and and it's amazing as you listen to that. If if you didn't know any better, and you're just listening, and say, man, he's describing the church today because he's kind of prophetic. If you've never heard of A. W. Tozer writing, you should pick that up sometime. He's very very prophetic in what he says, and and kind of comes uh, straight at the church at times. And you say, man, he's talking about just well, yeah, amen, and that's the church. Except that <laughs> the reality is at the earliest or the soonest that he would have written this and had this down would have been in the 50s 60 70 years ago he said this don't let anybody tell you that church is getting worse it's always been this way think about it the new testament when you open up the new testament and you're looking at the epistles many of those are letters to problem churches Or letters to churches with problems, right? From the very beginning. It is not about gathering a bunch of perfect or even good people. Because none of us are good. But God is. And He wants to change us in our lives. You know... As a pastor I want to say welcome Welcome home If you're here you belong here And if you're here to get connected Don't just sit in a church service At a building Understand the building is not the church The service is not the church The church is us the people And being a part of that Connect to God's people Stay for the uh, picnic The cookout afterwards You know it's hard to get connected to people If you're never around them it's hard to feel like there's a place I belong if you're never actually there. To get involved in some different things, including uh, small groups in some way. Uh, you know, uh, there's a number of different areas, including the small groups, just intentional communities that get together that are more than just friends. It's about a deeper Christ-like community that we would have with one another. Now, as we think about this, Uh, you belong here it does that a reality has that happened does that happen and I have uh, a guest that's going to come up and join me and and we're going to just kind of share he's going to share a testimony of his I belong here kind of testimony so John would you come on up John Smith many of you know uh, because you see him do the announcements right sometimes Uh, some of you new here may not know John John is the Uh, Vice chairman of the the elders, but you haven't always been quote second-in-command Have you John you at some point in time you had to start here.
1: Uh, Tell me a little bit about that Well, I have a question first. Okay, did you put on your deodorant this morning? I did okay? Well, (laughs) so when I first came, you know, I was kind of uh, lost a little bit wandering through life on my own Uh, my parents had retired and moved to Texas and uh, I was working two jobs and didn't have a whole lot of time for much of anything else and kind of hit a wall and I came here not exactly sure how it happened but I got sucked into this Bible study with all these folks that were old enough to be my parents it was exactly where God wanted me to be though Um, got to learn from them It it was a good place to be so as far as finding that place to belong, you really,
0: it was a place that was different than you. It wasn't about finding other people that were just like you?
1: No, not at all.
0: Obviously. <laughs> well, um, well, what was it like for you growing up then, as far as you think about church? Did you have exposure to church growing up, and then how did that translate?
1: Well, yeah, here? I had exposure to church, but it wasn't anything like this. I, uh, I was raised Catholic, so if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, you know... Uh, this isn't anything like a catholic mass so this was completely different too um i guess probably my first experience of something other than a of a catholic church was when i was in the air force i went to a couple of different churches then okay so
0: what happened in you as you think about your as you're telling us about your story of connecting here and uh finding that place you belong here what what happened next
1: well as i got to know some more people then uh there was these two guys I met that, they were a little bit younger, closer to my age, but they were still older than me, and uh, they both had families, and before it was all said and done with, they each had four kids in their family, and, you know, we did some uh, interesting, some wild and crazy things, both on land and sea, or, or some might say creek. Um, we, we had some good times, but, you know, the one family I... I ended up wrapping Christmas presents with them till two, three o'clock in the morning and sleeping on the couch and so wow. but you know, they were different too because I was in my twenties and single and they were married and had a family. Sure. But there was always room to belong to part of their family, you could say. Yeah, so and that's
0: pretty wild because it's not just about being made to feel like you belong as a part of God's family. They really in a sense made you feel like you belong to their
1: family. Oh, we did all sorts of things together. We took a trip to Washington, D.C. together. We just did all sorts of stuff together. So,
0: so how did that make you feel at the time? That wasn't your exposure when you were growing up. H- how did it make you feel when this was what was happening in your connection here?
1: Sure felt like home. Okay.
0: All right. So w- w- I think something happened then eventually... You had a life change,
1: kind of. Yeah. Well, you know, I finally grew up at the age of 29 and decided to go to college. And uh, some another couple I'd met here and became friends with, they offered me a place to stay for three years. And so they said that they had to. There was this unwritten rule that after they adopted a, or rescued 11 cats, they had to rescue one human. So
0: that's that's good that there that puts a new meaning to there's no place like home yeah uh, that we talked about last week uh so what what are some other ways that maybe you connected or that you felt like you belonged
1: well i mean i wasn't here very long and butch asked me to start ushering and then at that time the associate pastor we had then he had me uh start working in the av room and shortly thereafter that it was youth ministry then men's ministry then uh, the motorcycle ministry we will ride and just hey, keeps going
0: have, haven't you preached here before
1: what did you bring that up for
0: <laughs> well because I'm gonna go sit down oh no no uh, we're
1: having an early dismissal today folks <laughs> uh, whoever's cooking better get started
0: yeah <laughs> oh well that's great so what have you what have you found through all of this?
1: You know, what I found is there's always folks that will be here when you're going through the highs and the lows. Um, My mother got very sick, and uh, there was a lot of people that came around me then, and, you know, it was years later then that she passed, and there was always, there was just always people here that were willing to walk through those dark shadows that left, you know, that you really belonged and you weren't just out there by yourself.
0: So you would say, I belong here.
1: I belong here.
0: Amen. Thank you, John. All right, nice. Give it up for John coming up here. I appreciate that. You know, it's that getting connected to the family on earth, but understanding what God did in making a place for us to belong was more than just a family here on earth. He wants us to get connected to the Father in heaven. I and mean, when we talk about church being this way and, and, and a place of love, a place of belonging, well, how is it that way? Why is it that way? It's because that's the way God is. Jesus himself was called a friend of sinners. He, he didn't condemn the persons that he was talking with. On the same token, he didn't condone their sin. But he had come, it says in Luke 19 10 to seek and to save the lost. That was its purpose, to come and to seek and to save the lost. The lost who were, as we just read in verse 17 in our passage in Ephesians 2, that were strangers and aliens. And here's what we need to understand. And sometimes we get a little twisted as we talk about God's love. You see, we want the church to be like family. John expressed that, kind of this whole sense of family. We want church to be like family. But the reality is, as much as we want everyone to be in God's forever family, that's not always true. And and, and we don't always hear that out there. I mean, people talk very religious and spiritually, say, well, everyone's, no, God is the creator of everyone. God is the creator of all. But he is not necessarily the father of all. Now, that seems contrary to what we hear in the popular out there, but the reality is God himself has told us that he has prepared, uh, he's made a way for us to be a part of that family. Well, why be a part if he's already the father? In John chapter 1, verse 12, Yet to all who received him, speaking of Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not out of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You see, to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. It wasn't just something that happened, that everybody has, that, you know, like everybody's a child of the father. Not everybody's a part of that family, but he wants to adopt everyone. And God's love wants to be open, so there are no outsiders. Everyone would be a part of it. But it says in Galatians 3, verse 26, that we become children through faith in Jesus. Not just because we're Americans, not just because we sit in a church and we've made it to be this checklist sometimes of what gets us in heaven or not. And it's not about what we're doing in all these things and trying to do this because ultimately it's not about religion. In fact, in John 17, verse 3, Jesus talks about eternal life. And this is eternal life that they may know you. Father. And your son, Jesus. Eternal life. He says this is eternal life. Eternal life is about knowing God. Not about doing religion. It's about having a real, vital, personal relationship with him. The problem is, we have this chasm. Let's just imagine that's a hundred feet. All right, between those two, and guess what? You are here, or you see that person standing, and you belong here on this side, because that's where God is. And and this is an analogy, right? Nobody's going to say, "Hey, I just learned God's on the other side of the mountain." All right, you are here, you belong there, that's where God is. And what's happened is that we have been separated from God, from our sin. And sin is that, not just what we do that is wrong, but what we think, uh, just even uh, things that we should have been doing that we didn't. There is nothing that in our life, anybody could say they're perfect, they've not sinned, because all of us, in some way... Romans 3.23 have said all of us have fallen short. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the reality is we will fall short trying to get over there to God. Trying to make the jump. Trying to make the leap. We can't. We'll just fall all the way down. In fact, Romans 6.23 tells us as we think about that fall all the way down that the wages, the penalty of that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The penalty is that death and falling down. Ephesians 2.17 here talks about uh, where we were in Ephesians. In verse 17, He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through Him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. talks about finding peace with God for those who were far off. Obviously in there talking about those who are Gentiles, and uh, most of us ears, we think about it, but thinking about as well those who are far off from God, there are those today that think they are, are, are too far away from God. I'm just too far gone to forgive, some might say. My sin is just too big and too much. Well, you're not alone. The Apostle Paul, much of the New Testament written by him, the apostle paul says i am the chief the worst of sinners in first timothy chapter one the chasm that divides us and god may be a little bigger in some people's lives Maybe, maybe we could say that yeah maybe in some people's lives that chasm is a little bigger maybe it's not 100 feet maybe it's 150 maybe it's 200 but does any of that really matter does it matter that your chasm is 200 feet and mine's 100 feet? Where are we going to end up still at the bottom if we tried jumping and getting over to God? It doesn't really matter. We can't make that leap. We all face the same fate. Now some people can just say, well, I'm just going to walk away. I'm just going to run away from God. Well, the problem is, even though we say God's on the other side, God's everywhere, and He's going to keep running after you. You can reject His love, but that's not going to stop Him from loving you. There are those, though, who are closer. There are those who are, who are closer have done done certain things. I mean, obviously, in verse seventeen, he those who were near, those are the Jewish. Um, or jewish who had the word and had all that leading up to of talking about the savior the messiah who jesus was they had that there are those who uh, try to live a good life there are those who uh, go to church every sunday those who read their bible and pray and all those things are good things and it gets you a little closer but it's kind of like building a bridge that's only part way out there now, let's just imagine that bridge is 50 feet out there all right You're closer than the other person on the shore. It's a good thing. However, the world record uh, is just shy of 30 feet in the long jump. So you got 50 feet plus 30. I think we all got the math on that, right? You're with me? 80. You still got fall short 20 feet straight down. There are all kinds of great things, good things that get you going. But no matter what we do on our side to try to build something, to try to get to God, we can't. There's nothing that we can do. But the good news is it's already been done. It's already done by Jesus. It doesn't matter. And, and there's some people who are like, well, i, I got to get my act together. i got to clean it up. Uh, uh, i uh, i got before i come to god before i deal with all this god stuff there's things i got to get straight no you don't because no matter how much you're going to get it straight no matter how much you're going to clean it up you're still only going to get a bridge part way over and you're never going to be able to make the leap he just wants you to come to him as you are how do i do that that's too big of a leap As I said, it's not about what we do, it's about what was done by Jesus. Jesus came to bridge the gap between us and God. To get us not just to heaven, but to get us where we belong, which is back in a relationship that is restored with God as it was planned from the very beginning. Not only are all welcome at the cross, all are welcome through the cross of Jesus. His death in our place so that we could have a place where we belong on the other side. He paid the punishment that should have been ours. We said that sin, there's a penalty for that. Well, he paid that penalty, taking that punishment so that we could get to the point where we cross over and you belong here and you are here is in the same place, no longer separated. They put those two together. God our Father wants to say to you one day, Welcome home. You belong here. You are here to be there in that same place. Oh, that the scene one day in heaven would be like this kind of like you should be here, right? You belong here. Where there's not only an open door, but there are open arms from a God who loves you. But we need to realize that the embrace that we see here, so to speak, that Jesus has, this embrace is only made possible Jesus The only reason Jesus can embrace us is because of something else that He embraced. That has the cross for each and every one of us. He embraced all of that. So that He could make a place for us to belong. That you belong here. There's no outsiders. He wants to bring you inside. I just want us to really think about that. In fact, um, this morning, part of what I want to do is to share a song with you. And just in this time to bend, allow God just to speak to your heart, where are you at with him? Now, are you one of those people that are near or far? Uh, You know, have you got the bridge going across, but still not there? And for some, it's like, well, I was there, but I have gone away. You've gone the other way. Those who are are now finding their lives far off. The prodigal. The prodigal, as we talk about that. What we got to remember is the prodigal is still always his child. You are still his child no matter how far you run. He wants you to come back to the place that you belong. Let me share this song with you. Allow God to speak to your heart.
2: a stranger knocking at your door you took me in with no questions and no conditions when i was a sinner running from your grace you called me friend you called me friend there are no outsiders So a shipwreck tossed upon the waves, you come the storm. You are the Father. There are no orphans. Every tribe and nation gathered in your arms, sing with one voice, sing with one voice. There are no outsiders. I'm not an outsider to your love. I was tired, I was poor, I was thrown upon the shores. I was homeless and afraid, till I heard you call my name. And now I'm ransomed, I'm restored, resurrected. I am loved, yes, I belong Oh, my soul has found its home There are no outsiders to your love We are all welcome There's grace enough When I have wondered, Lord Your cross is the open door, there are no outsiders, I'm not an outsider, there are no outsiders to your
0: God doesn't want any of us to be on the outside. Everybody to be in. The place that you belong, not only with a family of God, but with the Father himself. You know, we talk about this, so just one thought here. And we talk about there are no outsiders. There really is one That is outside May I just be straight here There are no outsiders Except for one Jesus Is often the one Outside In our life Jesus Is often the one That finds himself on the outside Looking in at our lives We know from Revelation chapter 3, it talks about where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, right? I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. There are those who know a lot about Jesus. He's still on the outside. He's knocking. And there's a sense that even right in this moment, right here today, right now, Jesus is at the door of your life, knocking. Are you going to leave him on the outside or inside? And and some of you might say, well, that's not me because I'm a church person. Guess what? Revelation 3 was written to church people. Not just to those who have never come to Jesus, never asked Him to come into their life, to be a part, to save them, to be the Savior. This was written to church people. Or Jesus is say, maybe at one time He was on the inside, but now He is on the outside and He is knocking and He is saying, Are you going to leave me outside? Or to find that place that we belong with Him means that we have to open up the door. A real relationship that again open up that door to him to invite Jesus in but understand this when you invite Jesus in it is all in when you invite him in Jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords and so he cannot just come into your house and be a guest he cannot just come into your house and be somebody that you say hey could you go over here you do this you do that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords whose knocks at the door comes in to not to be the guest, but to be the owner, the boss, the one in charge, to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords of your life. And that is where we find the place to belong with Him. God has made a place for us to belong. But we have to make the choice to do that. Ask the worship team to come. God has made this place for us. We need to make that choice that we will choose to go to that door, open it up, and let Jesus in. To admit that, you know what? That chasm is way too big. I can't do this. God, I I, I can't. Live the life that I'm supposed to, that I, that I think you want me to. I can't, I can't save myself, but I need that Savior. More than that, I need you to just take charge because that's the only way this is really going to get done. So this morning, I just want to invite you, if you've never made that decision, to to, to pray along with me. And perhaps for some of you, you, you say, "Well, I made that decision." years ago but did you make the decision years ago or did you just say a prayer did you just say a a, a prayer and you met Jesus I've met a lot of people famous people in my life can I say I know them can I say that's my friend I mean I could Mm -hmm. the reality is that's not true really know and be a part and so just in this moment, to turn to Him and, and I'll lead you in a prayer. And and as, as we finish this prayer, the worship team is going to lead us in a song called Come to the Altar. I just want to encourage you, if that's you need to come to the altar, so to speak, to come closer to God. Remember, to walk across. He's made that bridge in Jesus. To walk across, even to symbolically just walk up here. There's something you need to settle between you and God. Maybe it's just... Uh, to say I have made that decision. I I've asked Jesus. I've opened the door, to him, and, and today i have asked Him to come in, all the way. In fact, if you've done that, just I'm just going to stand up here, come up, and and symbolically I'll give you a hug on behalf of Jesus uh, before you get that. I just give you that hug here today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time this morning. As we bring it to a close, we pray that it would be the beginning of something new and fresh. A new life that you want to give. Lord, I pray for those who are far off that we've just read about. That you've made a way, a place for them to belong. Not just here, but a place for them to belong with you forever in your family. And right now, as you're knocking on the door of their life, their heart... That we would no longer ignore that. That we make that choice right now. Jesus, I choose to open the door. I ask that you would come into my life. Not as a guest. But as my Lord and King. I admit that I like everyone else, have sinned. I've fallen short, and I will fall short. Jesus, forgive me. I thank you that it's not about what I do, but what you have done on the cross. So Come. Help me, Lord. I pray even for those who are near and have wandered away, strayed away. Maybe some have just plain stayed away, and without even realizing it, somehow you have ended up on the outside. They too would once again turn, turn it around. Turn from where they're walking and turn to you. And come to you. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your love, and your acceptance. I thank you for making a way and a place for us to belong. In your name we pray.